0: A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the just are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. They seemed, in the view of the foolish, to be dead, and their passing away was thought an affliction, and their going forth from us utter destruction. But they are in peace, for if before men, indeed, they be punished, yet is their hope full of immortality. Chastised a little, they shall be greatly blessed, because God tried them and found them worthy of himself. As gold in the furnace, he proved them, and as sacrificial offerings, he took them to himself. In the time of their visitation, they shall shine, and shall dart about as sparks through stubble. They shall judge nations and rule over peoples. And the Lord shall be their king forever. Those who trust in him shall understand truth, and the faithful shall abide with him in love, because grace and mercy are with his holy ones, and his care is with his elect. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Those then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those who, sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. Jesus
1: said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father And of the holy angels. Verbum Domini. As Jesus entered into his agony in the garden of Gethsemane. He took with him three of his closest closest disciples, Peter, James, and John. Jesus asked them to be close to him, to keep watch with him while he prays to the Father and prepares for the ordeal to come. Yet these three apostles, who profess their loyalty to Jesus and who would never deny him, fall asleep in his hour of need for support and consolation, and ultimately flee from him as Jesus is arrested and taken away. Truly, as Jesus exclaimed to them, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yet later, after Pentecost, after being emboldened by the Holy Spirit, These three and the other disciples fearlessly become witnesses to the truth that is the Christ and ultimately gave the supreme witness by being martyred for the truth and faith of Christian doctrine. As the book of wisdom conveys, those who trust in him shall understand truth and the faithful shall abide with him in love because grace and mercy are with his holy ones." And so it has been since Jesus' time that tens of thousands, if not millions, have endured death for the faith through the moral virtue of fortitude that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good, that is, Christ, even to the point of renouncing and sacrificing one's life in defense and proclamation of the faith. Today, we celebrate the memorial of the martyrs, St. Andrew Kim Taigon and St. Paul Chung Hazang and their companions, martyrs from the Asian country of Korea, roughly about the size of Florida and still currently thought more in a political sense than a place of Christian missionary zeal while the companions, the reference to companions, suggests a few in number, we celebrate Saints Taigon and Saint Hyesung and over 100 of their martyred companions, mostly lay people, but also some bishops and priests who died for the faith. Now, the history of Christianity in Korea is a testament to perseverance in the face of tremendous persecution and turmoil. Over a hundred year period, about 10,000 Koreans were martyred for the faith. It's estimated that Korea as a country has the fourth largest number of saints. Now, Korea was a country with closed borders throughout much of the 16th and 19th centuries where invasive ideas like Christianity was prohibited. Yet in the late 18th century, Christian literature obtained from Jesuits in China provided educated Korean Christians a means to study the faith and form a type of a home church. And when a Chinese priest secretly entered the country several years later, he found about 4,000 Catholics, none of whom had ever seen a priest. The dynamic Catholic communities were led almost entirely by educated lay people who could read books entirely or read them in Chinese. And even without the benefit of the sacraments and the celebration of the Eucharist, there existed a burning desire for Christ that exemplified a profound faith already present. And despite ongoing severe persecutions Within a few years, there were about 10,000 Catholics in Korea. And today, it's estimated there are about 6 million Catholic Christians in South Korea, about 11% of the population. There's about 6,000 priests and 1,800 parishes. North Korea is ranked as one of the most oppressive places in the world for Christians where religion is viewed as an opium of the people and should be ultimately stamped out and eliminated. Owning a Bible may lead to arrest and imprisonment. Now, exact data is difficult to obtain, but it is estimated there are about 12,000 to 15,000 Christians in North Korea and upwards of about 3,000 of those Christians are Catholic. But There are no Catholic priests in residence in North Korea. The Book of Wisdom conveys the Korean strength in Christian faith, especially those who were martyred. For if before men, indeed, they be punished, yet is their hope full of immortality. The 103 Korean martyrs who we celebrate today were all canonized in May 1984 in Seoul, Korea, South Korea, by Saint Pope John Paul II, who conveyed during his homily, the splendid flowering of the church in Korea is indeed the fruit of the heroic witnesses of the martyrs. The Korean martyrs have borne witness to the crucified and risen Christ. Through the sacrifice of their own lives, they have become like Christ in a very special way. And of the martyrs we celebrate today, too, are particularly mentioned Saints Andrew Kim Taigan and Saint Paul Chung Hae Sung. Saint Taigan was, was the first Korean born Catholic priest, and he is the patron saint of Korea. His parents were converts to Christianity, and his father, was martyred for practicing the faith. After he was baptized at the age of 15, Saint Kim was ordained a priest in Shanghai around about the middle of the 1800s. He returned to Korea to preach and to evangelize despite the risk. He was one of several thousand Christians who were executed during this time. In 1846, at the age of 25, he was tortured and beheaded near Seoul. It's reputed that his last words were, this is my last hour of life. Listen to me attentively. If I have held communication with foreigners, it has been for my religion and for my God. It is for him that I die. My immortal life is on the point of beginning. Become Christians if you wish to be happy after death because God has eternal chastisements in store for those who have refused to know him. St. Paul Chong Hasang was born in 1795. His father was one of Korea's first converts to Christianity, who was also martyred around the year 1801. St. Paul and his siblings were spared, martyred, martyred them at that time. They took shelter in the countryside. But as an adult, St. Paul reunited the Christians scattered uh, during the times of persecution. He encouraged them to keep living the faith. He wrote the first catechism for the Korean church. He was in the diplomatic corps as an adult and enabled him to travel to China and Beijing where he persuaded the bishop in Beijing to petition Pope Gregory XVI to establish a diocese in Korea, which was granted in 1831 but renewed persecutions broke out and in 1839 he was martyred he was refused to renounce his faith and he stated I have told you that I am a Christian and will be one until the day of my death he also was tortured he was bound to a cross and put to death he was 45 years old In addition to the 103 martyrs that we celebrate today and who were canonized in 1984, Pope Francis beatified in August 2014 an additional 124 Koreans who died for the faith. Many were the parents or the grandparents of the 103 martyrs canonized by Saint Pope John Paul II. And Pope Francis stated in his homily during the beatification ceremony, may the prayers of all the Korean martyrs in union with those of Our Lady obtain for us the grace of perseverance in faith and in every good work, holiness and purity of heart, and apostolic zeal in bearing witness to Jesus in this beloved country throughout Asia and to the ends of the earth. My friends, the Korean martyrs and all who have died for the faith exemplify what Jesus conveys how we are to live. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. It's a call for the disciples, the true disciples of Christ, to love him and his people more than love of self. Jesus is clear. If we are called to examine daily, if the world and its lorements are more important than our eternal happiness with him, we are at risk of endangering our eternal salvation and enjoying the beatific vision. As St. Saint, Saint John Mary Vianney once proclaimed, a person who loves pleasure, who seeks comfort, who flies from anything that might spell suffering, who is over anxious, who complains, who blames, and who becomes impatient at the least little thing which does not go his way. A person like that is a Christian only in name. He is a dishonor to his religion, for Jesus Christ has said so. The Korean martyrs amplifies for us the true path to be Jesus' disciples, their willingness to embrace their crosses while expressing love of neighbor, love of enemies, and praying for those who persecuted them. God graced us with free will to do as we choose. But to follow him as his disciples, we need to deny and renounce our inclination to the sinful aspects of the world that competes with our devotion to God. Whether it's attraction to money or to people or to comfort, reputation, power, whatever it may be, we need to shed to release anything that impedes lovingly following God's holy will for our lives. Jesus said, we must take up our cross daily. This isn't a one-time decision, but a lifetime commitment of love and devotion to obtain the Lord's grace and mercy promised to be ultimately judged as one of the just souls resting in the hands of God.